sweat the technique. And you're back with the Killer Bees inside the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios at the Decoy. Here are the Bees Knees themselves, Joel and Jeremy. And behave. He's Blank. I'm Bradham. We are the Killer Bees. We are broadcasting live from the Decoy in Spring Branch, where you can always enjoy happy hour specials until 7 p.m. on Wednesdays, like today. $2 off whiskey cocktails, specialty shots for their Western Wednesday and there's never cover for UFC, never cover for boxing pay-per-views. And it's also going to be a great time for their New Year's Eve party. You're looking for a New Year's Eve party? This is the place, Decoy, uh, in Spring Branch. All right, let's have a, let's have a tough conversation. We, we don't shy away from those. And we'd love to get your input, too. And I have a feeling I'm, I know which way it might go. 713-780-ESPN. In fact, Brian yelled in, the, in our ears, no, right after the tease. Uh, 713-780-3776. Uh, did the Texans' success defensively against the Oilers impact the way you feel about Will Anderson Jr. at all? couple of nuggets here. We know that the Houston Texans defense was very good against Tennessee. Tennessee's offense, not great. Although it's not the worst offense the Houston Texans have faced this year. Uh, the Texans gave up nine points. I know that the, the Oilers finished with 16, but they had the pick six. They, they gave up nine points defensively. We all know Will Anderson didn't play. The Texans defense gave up nine points. The Houston Texans defense also gave up 204 total yards in that game. It was the fewest amount of total yards they've given up all year. The previous low was the game against Carolina, actually, which they lost. They gave up 224. We know that what they did with Derrick Henry, uh, holding him to a, an incredible low and probably the lowest in franchise history. Um, so with the Texans having that success defensively against the Tennessee Oilers in Nashville on Sunday, does that change the way? And I didn't even mention the sacks. Seven and a half, seven sacks, two and a half for John Grenard. So does that change your, the, the impact, the, the viewpoint you have on Will Anderson Jr. at all? 713-780-3776. What about you, Blankers? No, it doesn't. It doesn't because of the fact that you have to take a lot of things into consideration. And, yeah, it was a great defensive effort, but what kind of team were you playing and who was playing quarterback and, and, and who are the other teams that you've played this year that were better that Will Anderson showed what he could be to this team and how, how good he he can be uh, in his position. I think that you know you can you can love what the Texans defense did on Sunday, but still be understanding of the fact that look those valuables. I mean those variables matter, and that Will Anderson is still going to be a big valuable piece. It's a kudos to, to D'Amico Ryan's in the defense for sure because of the way they schemed up uh, a defense that previously was getting absolutely run over by Derrick Henry. And, and when you give up a thousand yards, a thousand and eighteen yards in the last five games that Derrick Henry played against the Texans, and you shut him down like that, and maybe he's not the same player he he was with those matchups, it's saying something. I think there's a lot of factors, and I think you give D'Amico credit, you also consider opponent and quarterback, and you say, I I think they're both separate. Good defensive effort, but it doesn't change my opinion on Will Anderson. I think you could argue is the best defensive effort. Whenever you say good, I think you're you're selling it short. It's the fewest yards they've given up all season long. And, yeah, I agree with you that the, tech, the, uh, the Oilers' offense isn't good. Uh, 26th in the league. I, I agree that Will Levis isn't very good right now for a rookie. He, he's shown flashes. I don't believe rookie quarterbacks are good unless your name's C.J. Stroud. The Texans have played worse offenses, though. Pittsburgh Steelers are a worst offense. Didn't have the success against the Steelers from a total yards perspective like they did against Tennessee. Carolina is the 30th-ranked offense in the NFL. The New York Jets are dead last in offense. So the Texans have played three other offenses that are worse than the Tennessee Titans, and they had Will Anderson in that game. 
that what the Texans did defensively from a stopping Derrick Henry perspective, and we heard all about Will Anderson, how great he is against the run, which he is. I think Will Anderson's very good against the run. It shows you, though, that this might be a lot of scheme when it comes to the Houston Texans being able to stop the run. And if you can scheme stopping opponents from the run, how important is that player that's good against the run when you can get by on scheme? Secondly, the sacks, the sack total. Like, Will Levis holds on to the ball too long. Yeah, D'Amico's drawing up some really good stuff. The Texans with seven sacks was like a top three all-time performance without Will Anderson being on the football field. And we've heard all year long, well, Will Anderson's impacting these sacks. Uh, Will Anderson's presence is the reason that John Grenard's having a great year. I've been calling baloney on that forever. It annoys me because I think it's disrespectful to John Grenard. The Texans had seven sacks without him on the field, drawing zero attention. So... Like, I still think Will Anderson's a very good football player, but I do think it is worth having the conversation that, you know, maybe this is D'Amico's scheme that stops the run. You can't tell me that Will Anderson's being this huge factor into the sack game because he was not even in, on the field in that game. So it doesn't really change the way I feel about Will Anderson. Uh, maybe I feel some kind of way about the trade, which maybe doesn't ever leave me. But the Texans can be really good defensively, even without Will Anderson. I think it probably surprised some people. I think that's if you have been making the argument that the mostly the Twitter people, because it hasn't really happened on this show too much about like Will Anderson, his impact on on Grenard sacks. Like your argument died this weekend. It, it died in front of your eyes when you watch Will Levis get sacked seven and a half times. Honestly, the tough conversation that I want to have that like when I t- look away look at this game is I I'm frustrated why they can't do this more often. I don't understand how this defensive line, whether it's with or without Will Anderson, can't have an impact on the game like this consistently. I'm not saying seven sacks, but how about three sacks, yeah. four sacks? Well, like Zach Wilson has all day long basically to throw the football. They just they don't aren't consistently there, and so no, it doesn't change my mind about Will Anderson. But it to me goes back to the larger point that I have questions about D'Amico and his ability to adjust when things aren't working super successfully. I think Jeremy brings up a point that made me think about it, which is why didn't you do it against Pittsburgh and Carolina, especially when you expected a little bit more from a Steeler team back then. Carolina's awful. You should have been able to manhandle them. You didn't. But I think that everybody was still getting comfortable, getting their feet wet, and settling in. But when you look at it from a Will Anderson perspective, you also got to take in the two block field goals, the tackles for lot, the fact that he, whether he gets this gets home and gets the sack or not, he's had a lot of plays that where you, you he's had impact plays where you look at it and say it's not just about stopping the run. He's had good penetration. He's had good uh, pass rush. He's had two block field goals. I think I believe he had a he's, he's had one in a block punt. Okay, two block kicks. Yeah, two block and, kicks. And did he, does he have a fumble recovery? Uh, I don't remember. I think he might or have forced a forced fumble. Yeah. But I, I just, I've seen enough of Will Anderson that no matter what they did in one game against Tennessee, I still believe that Will Anderson is, is a guy that's going to be a, pre, a big prevalent piece of this, this defense going forward. Now, their def- yeah, no one's saying that. I mean, their defense was good against the Steelers. Gave it 225 yards, only six points. Just wasn't 200, 204 like Tennessee. They only gave up 224 against Carolina. They only gave up 50, uh, 15 points in that game. So they were good defensively, but those offenses are actually worse than the Tennessee Titans over the course of the season. Like, this isn't a Will Anderson's a bad football player. This is, I think the Texans can survive without Will Anderson. Like, we were giving the running, like the running defense last year was one of, worst, one of the worst in the NFL. Well, because they brought in D'Amico and Will Anderson, they're so good against the run. 
well, look what just happened Sunday without Will Anderson on the field against a running back that has given them fits over the course of their entire career. They were able to stop him without Will Anderson. So it's more scheme to me and more D'Amico's philosophy defensively of why they've become good against the run as opposed to Will Anderson. Still saying Will Anderson's a good football player, not saying that at all. We've heard the notion all year long. Will Anderson's not necessarily getting home, and five sacks isn't bad for a rookie. Like, let's be fair. Like, five sacks, pretty good for a rookie. But Will Anderson isn't getting home, but he's helping out his teammates so much. Like, it's like, win it for the Gipper. Like, this, like, a participation trophy, like, mentality. Well, he's winning his pass rush win rate. He's almost getting there. He's not getting there, but he's helping his teammates get there. He wasn't playing, and the Texans got seven sacks, one of the most sacks they've had in a single game in their history as a franchise. So, like, that argument has been... It's it's a myth. It's not real. It is not actually true. Is it fair to have the conversation, guys, that if the shoe was reversed, it was on the other foot, if Will Anderson plays and Grenard doesn't play, do they do the same things? Do you see them doing the same I things that John they did Grenard's against I think a better pass rusher than Will Anderson, so I would say no. Okay. Yeah, I'd say no as well. And It's not that I don't think Will Anderson's going to surpass Grenard in the next two years, but like at this moment, I mean, look, Jonathan Grenard is a very, very good pass rusher. He's 12 and a half sacks this year last year he was hurt he had one sack the year before he had eight and the year before that was his rookie year he had one so like in his two full healthy seasons he has 20 and a half sacks right now so like that is an elite production Mm -hmm. that you're getting it from him when he's on the field so like i i think we'd be lucky if will anderson was as good as jonathan Grenard. honestly he's a pass rusher yeah he's a pass rusher that aspect of the game Grenard has more moves like i think will anderson's a better talent like he's they're actually about the same size. I think Anderson's a little bit faster. I think Anderson's stronger. But Grenard's got a better skill set as a pass rusher. Anderson doesn't have a great skill set as a pass rusher. Well, it's also worth discussing the fact that, that Grenard, his first year, had one sack when he was getting his feet wet and understanding the NFL and, and, and trying to take it to the next level on the next level. When you look at Will Anderson, you say, we don't know when it's going to fully click for him, when the switch is going to go completely on, when he's going to be able to maximize all his talents. We talked about guys he should be working with in the offseason to develop more moves on the defensive line for pass rush. But overall, some guys are, are faster starters than others. Aiden Hutchinson had an awesome rookie year, and he was dominant from the jump, and, and he was an impact player. But Grenard had one sack his, his rookie year. So you could be in a, a variety of different places. Will Anderson still with five and the other things he's done defensively to impact football games? has shown enough that you still got to believe that he's going to be impactful you know, for the long term for this team. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I still think that, too. I, I'm bullish on the future of Will Anderson, and I think that he will add to his pass-rushing repertoire. Uh, and it is unfair to expect a rookie to be in double-digit sacks. But I don't think that the success of the Houston Texans defense when they've had it is because of the greatness of Will Anderson. No, but it doesn't need to be either. Like, I, I no, th- but it doesn't need to be, and it shouldn't be. But it is a narrative we've heard. For sure, yeah, absolutely. Because I think people view Will Anderson and and maybe it's just defensive ends as like this one man band kind of operation. But like, if you watch the Cowboys game this weekend, you looked at an organization in the Buffalo Bills that has like invested a first or second round pick in the defensive line for the last five years. Every single year, they bring someone in and they absolutely dominate the Cowboys, the 49ers. They consistently invest in first and second round picks and the defensive line, and they dominate. They're leading the NFL. Same with the Eagles. Can I give you the like, uh, the anti to that? What? Green Bay leads the league in first-round picks on the defensive side of the football, and they've done it on the defensive line, and they still suck. Yeah, well, that's about evaluating talent. You're probably right. Like, I think it's scheme, too. It's like, both. It's evaluating yeah. talent and scheme. Because, I mean, if you want to use D'Amico's words, 
the defense learned how to swarm. As a team, they swarm. They do what they need to do so that, yeah, you can have guys that stand out like Grenard, like the guys that are making plays, you know, from week to week. But overall, you look at the Cashmans. You look at the guys that, you know, fill the voids and pick up the pieces as the role players and the other guys on this defense. That's why the defense is so much better than it's been in the last couple years. Zero two two zero. I'm a Will Anderson fan. However, he needs to improve on setting the edge. Not really surprised the defense was successful against Tennessee, which is a run heavy team. I think he needs to add to his uh, his his pass rushing repertoire too. Right now, he's speed rush, bull rush. Mix in a little jab step. Mix in a little bit of a uh, you know variety Swim. to your game. Five one five seven. Does it say more about the Titan offensive line that the Texans defense uh, that the Texans were able to stop the run and and the past? Whenever they haven't had that much success throughout the year, not to mention Derrick Henry's a shell of his former self. I actually disagree with that. I think Derrick Henry's still really good. Uh, to me, it's D'Amico. To me, it's D'Amico totally changing who this team is defensively. I think it's scheme. Like, it's not just this past week where the, Titans, the Texans have been good against the run. The Texans are the sixth best defense in the NFL against the run. They give up 93 and a half year. yards running. The only teams that are better in the NFL against the run, the Bears, the Patriots, that's surprising, the 49ers, the Dolphins, Vikings. Texans are sixth in the NFL. NFL and rushing yards allowed per game. It's D'Amico. It's better than that, honestly, because I think the reason why the Bears and the Patriots are on that list is because their pass defense is most most of the year had sucked. Yeah, and the Texans overall are 17th in the league. Or uh, 16th in the league in defense. So, Pretty like, good. they're good in the run side of it. Sometimes their secondary allows stuff. Uh, to me, it's D'Amico. 713-780-ESPN, HRMP listener line, 713-780-3776. Is it time to bench Jalen Green? It's the Killer Bees broadcasting live from the decoy in Spring Branch on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. First, a moment on HRP human resources and payroll. It's Cougar owned by Mike Holly, members of the Cougar 100 for the eighth year in a row. You've seen their signage at U of H game. You've seen their beautiful building off the Beltway. But business owners, let HRP help you. Make this your New Year's resolution, a way to get some help on your in your business. That way you can spend some more time in areas that you really care about. Maybe you don't really uh, want to spend a whole lot of time in HR compliance, which HRP can help with, benefits administration, payroll, onboarding. Maybe you want to outsource that. HRP is the place to do that. And you want to spend time focusing on what you're really interested in. So uh, allow HRP to help. There's no box with HRP. doesn't matter how small, how big the job. HRP will completely customize a plan for what you need, for what your business needs, and they'll work with you to come to that resolution. Uh, if you have a problem, you have an issue, you want to take a little bit off your plate, HRP will find a way to help you. Also, they do it in a way that's unique. Technology meets service. They have the best technology. You'll love that. Their technology is great, but you will fall in love with their service. Guaranteed fulfillment. You'll never talk to a stranger. You will always be talking to someone who knows you and they know your business needs. Give them a call at 281-880-6525 and let HRP customize a plan for you. 281-880-6525 or check them out at hrp.net. That's hrp.net. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Dude. Like I told my last wife, I says, honey, I never drive faster than I can see. Besides that, it's all in the reflexes. Back to the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, live at the decoy, and your favorite drive time sports talk, the Killer Bees. Here they are, Joel and Jeremy. He's Blank, I'm Bradham. Uh, we're broadcasting live the decoy in Spring Branch. Love the music they play on Western Wednesday. It's right up my alley. $2 off whiskey, cocktail, specialty uh, shots as well. This is your home to watch some college football. Bowl season, heavily involved. 
this is your uh, this is your home to watch some NFL football too. A uh, 24-foot TV wall inside, 185-inch big screen outside, volleyball courts and volleyball courts outside as well. In fact, there's about to be a little pickup sand volleyball game going on. I, I like the team on the far side. I think the team on the far side is going to beat the team on the near side. We'll see how that goes. Maybe we'll What's the scouting report? It. Why do you say that? Uh, I think there's more skill and athleticism on the, team on the far side. Yeah, they're, they're a little shorter, so I don't think they're going to get really any uh, blocks at the net. But I think they're going to have more quickness and be able to have that side-to-side movement that is much needed when you go three-on-three in sand volleyball. You're taking the far side? Far side. I'm taking the near side. Why is your, what's your assessment on that? Uh, I think that they seem to have an extra player, possibly, unless he's not playing. Okay, and here comes another guy, so we'll see. He's but got I his think, jeans rolled up. I think he's about to play. Yeah, I think... I think depending on where he goes, that could be the difference maker to have a four-on-three. That guy doesn't look like a difference maker to me. He takes up some space, and he can hit the ball. We don't know if he can hit the ball. We'll see. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> the first part is true. The second part, we are, it's to be determined. Uh, Jalen Green takes up space. Uh, the, I've seen this conversation going on quite a bit on Twitter. Uh, is it time to bench Jalen Green? Where do you stand on the is it time to bench Jalen Green conversation? Look, we, we brought this subject up not to bench him, but, you know, is it? we did the cash it or trash it to at least explore trades for Jalen Green. I, I don't think, the, because the pushback there was a lot of people were saying, well, don't sell when the value's low. Well, okay, cool. So then guess what? Then the thing you're not going to do is you're not going to bench Jalen Green because you still have to figure out what he can be. You're still analyzing him from game to game and even practice to practice to find out you know, how he can fit this system. Can he alter his game and way of thinking to play the system the way that uh, Ime wants them to play? And there's just a boatload of talent still to be – he's still an untapped resource in a lot of ways. So you keep putting him out there. You keep playing. You hope that he kind of adjusts a little bit to fit more into the system. And you hope from Odoka's point of view, you find more ways to try and maximize what he can be for you on the floor. If he needs the ball in his hands more – let him be the backup, especially because Amen Thompson's still fighting some health issues. You you give the ball to him instead of a holiday and say, can you facilitate, and as long as the ball's in your hands, can you be a better player because of it and be more engaged and understand you don't have to score as much? I think there's just too much untapped still to figure out with him to say that it's a time to sit him down. See, I, I think that who starts for an NBA team is one of the most overrated conversations that we have when it comes to basketball. It, it's almost the batting order conversation, but I would say batting order matters more than who starts an NBA game. Like, who, ca- who cares if a guy starts but he plays five minutes? Like, it's about maximizing guys' minutes. Who cares about the first five minutes versus why is the first five minutes of a game more impactful than the last five minutes of the second quarter? Why is it more impactful than the from the – 10-minute mark to the five-minute mark of the third quarter. It's certainly not more impactful than the final five minutes of the game. I don't put a whole lot of emphasis in who starts. And I know a lot of people, well, feelings and this stuff doesn't matter to me. You know where I stand on that. I care way more about who finishes games. I care way more about who's playing the most amount of minutes. I couldn't care less about who is starting basketball games. This this is the Kenny Smith versus Sam Cassell conversation back in the day. Sure. And I think that there is feng shui. Like some guys like playing to start games. Some guys handle coming off the bench better. Uh, Sometimes you want to put your better player going up against the other team's second unit. So there's a lot of variables that come into play here. I couldn't care less of who the starters are. I care about minutes played. 
played. I care about who's finishing games. And Jalen Green hasn't been finishing a whole lot of games when he isn't playing well. Credit to Ime Adoka for that. So I, I don't really care if Jalen Green gets benched or not. I personally wouldn't bench him yet. I don't really see the, the play there. Well, Tari's playing better. Cool. Tari's great in his role, like the energizer off the bench. Well, you know, get a shooter out there. You're going to start Holiday over, over Jalen Green? So I, I'm not in the start. I'm not in the Jalen Green bench him camp out of the starting five, but I'm also not going to tell you that I really put a whole lot of stock in who starts basketball games. I think that and I hear what you're saying, and we've always had this conversation. To me, it matters, too, because I think his psyche is a little more fragile. I think that he's always been coddled. He's always been the man. He's always had the ball in his hands. He's always been free to do whatever he wants and get clear outs and, and, you know, and try to dominate the game. And, and the fact that in an Adoka system, he's not in the same kind of environment that he's been in probably his whole basketball life to just sit there and say, hey, here's the ball, go get him. And so it's an adjustment. And if he doesn't start, I think it could bother him mentally. I think that it could have an effect on him mentally. Like I said, he still has value, and you want that value to be high, whether it's for you or for some other team watching him. And I don't think this is the appropriate time to sit him. You still make the decisions if you're a Doka because it's your team. And if he's not willing to do or he's not doing what you expect him to do late in the game or in the fourth quarter of games or when when his team is making a positive run and you elect to not play him at certain times, that's your prerogative to do that. You should do that. Yeah, I'm I'm team sit him. Uh, I think you sit Jalen Green, and not just sit him because I think he can be more valuable to you off the bench. Like the way that they're playing basketball right now, I I heard Bill Simmons say this. He said the Rockets are too good for Jalen Green now. That like he still hasn't figured out who he is as a basketball player. We talked about this with Russell Westbrook. How many times? Every stop he's been. Like, he just does not work in the offense that the starting unit wants to run. So put him out there with lesser players and just let him be him. So, like, let Jalen Green go out there with the second unit, be a ball hog, take bad shots, but he's with the second unit. So, like, I mean, they, don't, they don't bring in a new five, though. I know. Like, it's not an entirely different unit. It's not a line change. The only thing I would say is is that this is a really quick way to find out what he's really made of because he can either accept it if you make that move and then see how he adjusts and tries to get better so that he can earn his starting spot back. Or if he and his agent say, hey, look, we're looking for max money on our next deal. We're trying to get the most out of this. If you're going to bench me and, and bring me off the bench, it's a bad look. I don't like it. We don't like it. And then his body language, which we've already pointed out, has not been great from time to time, might get worse. And you might find out truly this dude's makeup might not be suited for the toughness necessary to be an NBA star. Yeah, I think you're going to find that out regardless, though. Like, you're going to find out if he has the mentality or not at some point regardless, like either way. And I'm, I'm scared that we already might know our answer. That's not a great one. Like, I don't love his mentality. Um, if you're worried about somebody pouting, though, like that's not a reason that I'm going to avoid a decision. Like, oh, he's going to pout. I can't do it. Like, Emei's not going to do that. Emei's not going to do it, but they did it with Harden for years. They were never thinking about Harden on the bench. No, not on the bench, but just, like, to sit him. Like, look, Mikhail got fired because he sat him in the fourth quarter of a game against the Clippers right. where he rewarded the team that got him back in the game, and he paid the ultimate price for it. They, they were, coddled James Harden every chance they got. They were huge enablers of Harden. And, like, superstars are going to get that. Like, LeBron gets that, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like, Jordan probably had a eh. – Oh, Jordan got it. Jordan did, but Phil Jackson also told Michael Jordan his friends couldn't be on the plane. So I think he did put some rules in place. But, but he Jordan, also gave him his own locker room separate from the entire team with a you know a pretty good-sized area that was just Michael's office. Huh, that's interesting. Um, 
I, I don't think Eme's going to do that with any of his players. No, this, the, I don't think anybody warrants it on this team. Money-wise, you can say Van Vliet's making the most money, but overall, there's no superstar on this team that you're, you should coddle to. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not too with the bench Jalen Green. Uh, I just To me, it doesn't matter who starts basketball games. Like I understand the point of view. I understand the argument. Um, but who are you starting in place of them, Joe? That's the problem. That, that's the problem. Like I, Honestly, can you can you make it work with Tari? Like, I know he's not but, your shooting guard, but, like, can you – But this is like our offensive line conversations with the Texans. Do you take two guys out of place and with one playing as well as Tari's playing just to make a point or do something differently? Or do you just say, hey, you'll start and figure it out, and if you're not playing well and doing what we want, we'll sit you in the fourth quarter, and Tari still becomes our – maintains his role as sixth man, energizer, guy that's really a spark plug and takes advantage of playing the second unit – so much so that he can carry it over to play the first unit, or you try to make it work with the other with the two rookies, like whether it's a men and you put him on the court on the court with the starting unit. I know he still has his illness; he's on the court right now, yeah, getting ready for the game. Or Cam, see, I like, don't. I, I mean, it still crazy. Cam, like, th- yeah, Cam Whitmore's not, not? getting run on this team. Why not? Right? Because dropping, he hasn't played on the NBA yeah, team. He's dropping. He's minutes. dropping. Well, who's your other option? But like, if like. Cam Whitmore can't even get minutes over uh, Reggie Bullock. Who would you play? And you want him to start? I, I wouldn't bench Jalen Green. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I mean, like, if you're going to bench him, someone has to be up. Like, we're asking the question for a reason. So, if he's going to be benched, potentially, then it has to be a men's Thompson. Why does it matter to you who starts basketball games? Because I don't think he's working well with a starting unit. Okay. Like, honestly, I don't, I don't, I don't, I like the question more, should you just trade him now? <laughs> well, I brought it up the other day to at least consider it like, because I, I just, from all the hype, the hype train that he had coming into the league, I, I think he's grossly underachieved. And so you got at a certain point, it's a tough conversation to at least fathom even putting it out there because word will get back that you're putting him out there. But you got to figure out if you can get anything for him. Whether you've tried to get something for him, get, think, get something out of him on your team. I think you can get it. I still think you can include Jalen Green. If you find an unhappy superstar in a small market, like Jalen Green will work there for at least jersey sales. Josh Beard brought up sales. to me that, that, they sh- that they they should be looking to try and get Donovan Mitchell. I don't think Donovan Mitchell – I think the Cavaliers are Hard playing pass. good enough basketball that you're, you're not going to get Donovan Mitchell. But Donovan Mitchell – no, he's got a massive contract. I don't like trading Jalen Green idea either because you're, you're selling him at a discount. He's nowhere near his top value, anywhere near it. But yeah, see, but to, to that point, I think if you bench him, I think teams around the league are going to try and get the devalued price even more yeah, because he's not starting more. anymore. It devalues them more too. Yeah, yeah. It, it, look, they're in a tough spot with him, but or they're just going to keep hoping and praying it works. I think you have to. I think you have to develop your investment here. I really do. And if I don't you, know if, if you the, can. And if the idea is to, well, I think it's you just have to a put all your cost. resources until you can't anymore. Yeah. You have to exhaust every opportunity to get the most out of the, it. The value has depreciated so much that you have to hope that this coaching staff that you've given a lot of resources to and have paid them handsomely, and that their skill is to develop young players that they can develop Jalen Green and build them up. And even if your plan is to trade them someday. Your plan is to build him up close to top value, as opposed to right now where he's not near that. Yeah, I just I I, I can't imagine Nadoka and this coaching staff is going to fix a broke jump shot. I mean, he's got like a better jump shot oh, than Ben Thompson. I don't think Jalen Green has a broke jump shot. I think it's about shot selection. When he goes two for twelve, like yeah, every he's other been night. he's been struggling with his shot, and he's streaky. But Joe, that's he, a lot to do with the fact too that when he doesn't get opportunities to score early, he forces shots, yeah. and that's why his shooting percentage goes down. Because a lot of them are step yes. back threes with two guys on them. I think his shot selection has been much better this year than last year. Though. Oh, there's no doubt about and he, that. His shooting was better last year. That's because they have an offensive system this year. See, I, I think he's streaky, and I think he's uncomfortable right now with like, and I think he's I think he's lacking confidence. Like the whenever he had. 
a good game two weeks ago, everybody's like trying to gas him up. Why are they trying to gas him up? Because he lacks confidence. You don't gas up people who, who have high confidence. Um, so I, that's kind of where I think Jalen's at. and I think he's streaky. Maybe he'll, hit a, maybe he'll hit a heater here, and for two weeks he'll average 27 a game. Well, look at the, there was a couple of games where he found it in the third yep. quarters of games, went off big time, helped you win some games by kiss, uh, handling the ball a little bit more and also finding his teammates. He's capable. He has skill. It's just mentally, can he be tough enough? And, and can the coaches get enough out of him to fit the system that, and he has to want to play in it? 713-780-3776. Christmas debates. Joe's going to ask us critical Christmas questions that will debate. Skiller Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Before we go to the break, look, I want to tell you about the good people at Apollo Men's Health. You know it's December. You know the holidays are right there around the corner. And you know that you probably got more on your plate and more to do than normal. And even when you had just your regular schedule, you were feeling run down, sluggish. You weren't getting everything done. You need some help. Well, Apollo Men's Health is here to help. Yeah, in the title, they help men, but they help women, too. They help you get energy on a daily basis. You can do it in a variety of different ways, and it can be from all the different ways that you can administer hormone therapy, or they can administer it for you, and you can have more energy. Or it can be as simple as a B12 shot every week like I get, where you find your, uh, yourself in a position where you have more energy. You get more things done, and you feel stronger throughout the day. It could be the fact that you need to lose some weight, and there's FDA-approved semi-glutide available at Apollo Men's Health to where you don't have to get on a treadmill, lift a weight, and you can lose up to six pounds every single week. Or you can get on that workout program, and you want to chart your results with a body competition analysis, and you can do them every so often to see the gains that you're making, where the important numbers are making sense, body fat down, muscle mass up. Or you can recover quicker with HGH peptide therapy. Look, there's a ton of different services that Apollo Men's Health offers that could be beneficial to you check out the website right now and see all of them apollomh.com if you see a few that can help you sign up for that first appointment right there online you can get a free body comp analysis a free uh, uh b12 shot like i get or you can get your lab results done free when you sign up for a program by mentioning my name joel blank go to apollo men's health right now at apollomh.com talk to the people Tell them where you're, you're falling short and where you're feeling bad about yourself. They're going to put you on a program that works and get you the results you need because they care about their customers. Three locations around the Houston area to better serve you. Check them out today. Go to ApolloMH.com. Go see my friends at Apollo Men's Health. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Watch out for that foot bone. I would like to rear up and jackknife my legs and kick you both in the jaw with my foot bone. Bees have relocated their hive. It's at the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios, which is currently located at the decoy. Let's join the boys, Joel Blank and Jeremy Bretham. Killer Bees broadcasting live from the decoy in Spring Branch. I like being out here on a Western Wednesday. It's fun. Uh, daily happy hours every day of the weekday until 7 p.m. Your place to watch college football during bowl season. Almost games out every day. NFL, of course, Saturday action. There's some games tomorrow. It's also your spot for a New Year's Eve party. You're looking for some New Year's Eve plans. It's the place. Maybe you're lonely on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, or maybe you're just looking for something to do. Decoy will be open on Christmas Eve and on Christmas Day. Speaking of Christmas, Joe's got some Christmas debates for us. I do. What, uh, what we'll topics start, we got here, We'll Joe? start with uh, a, a simple one. Real tree, fake tree. I've always been a real tree guy. I grew up in a real tree household 
where we got a real tree every year, and it was part of it that my dad and I would go and pick it out and set it up and put the light, and then my mom and all of us would put the lights and the ornaments on it. So I kind of adopted that for the family, um, and the kids like it. We've taken Taylor to go pick out the tree for the last couple of years. So I'm going to go real tree versus fake tree. Yeah, I like uh, I like real trees, but mm-hmm. I prefer the practicality of fake ones. Uh, we're a fake tree household. You just put them in the box, you put them right back in the attic, and yep. then you pull them out each and every year. Uh, so it's hassle free. Some of them come already decorated, so you have to put up. Uh, see, the I don't like that. I don't like that. They don't. They don't shed. They, so you don't have to like you know sweep the floor often. You don't have to worry about fires. Don't have to worry about fires with fake trees like you have to worry about real trees. So I, I'm a fake tree because they're more practical, although real trees are nice. They're just not for me. Uh, do you, so do you guys do a real tree now? Yeah, we have, uh, we set it up. Uh, the, it's already set. The ornaments have to be put on it, but the lights and the tree are in the house. How do you, how do you stop the dogs from drinking the water? They Ooh. don't. Really? Yeah, they don't. How, how often do you water your tree? Problem. I check the water every morning. Yeah. See, that's a, I don't want that chore. Uh, that's, uh, yep. But I like the smell, too. I, I like the fact that the minute nice. it comes in the house, the whole house smells like pine. How do you feel about people that will get a fake tree and then get, like, the, the pine spray? The, the pine spray or, like, <laughs> or like the car pine things. Do they like, really? Yeah, I've seen people do that. We don't do that. That's, that's a sneaky strategy. I, I'll tell you this, that I, I, I understand the whole pine needles everywhere is a pain in the ass. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. But... The, the, the smell of the tree, and yeah. it kind of feels like Christmas more with that. Um, and, and just, again, because for me, my parents are gone. So the tradition of being able to keep it for the kids and, and do the real tree thing is just, it means something more. And, and the, also the elaborate part of the, the tree thing, we did have an artificial tree that a buddy of mine gave to us. And it was in, like, five pieces. It was a monster. Yeah. It was, and it was one of those pre-lit. But, like, if one of the strands of lights goes out. Trying to unwind that strand and try and re and add another strand, that's as big of a pain in the ass as just about anything. Yeah, nine two four zero. I was real tree for forty years of my life, and then tried fake tree for the last three years, and I'll never go back. I think it's way less stress, but I do enjoy the smell of a real tree. I feel like once like Joseph and future kids are older, maybe we'll go real tree. I don't know. I feel like this kid, the way right now he's acting, he'd pick up one of those pine needles. And just stab <laughs> That's himself. the other thing. Like we, I forgot about that aspect of it. Like Brandon, baby might try to eat it. Yeah, like you so know, like, once he's a little bit older, and like and there's going to be more eventually. Once like they're past that age of just eating random right. things, like, then like maybe we'll go real. Maddie tree. being four now, she gets yeah, it. You're in don't the, touch you're, the you're tree. Clear. Right, but when the, our biggest biggest fear was the dogs, and we've had it in the past where one of the dogs would, if there's a low hanging ornament, yeah. they'll eat it. Do they pee on the tree? No. They don't mark the territory on the new tree? No. Do you ever frost them? No, I don't. I, we, my mom would used to frost our trees, which is pretty cool. Okay, what color lights? Whenever we frosted it? No, what color lights, period, on your Christmas tree? Oh, this is a big deal for some people. It is. It's a massive deal. The one upstairs has both. It has uh, just, like, what would you call them, white? Or yeah. we call them yeah. gold? I, I, clear I, or white? I, I like we have the colors. White. Yeah. I think the one downstairs, I don't know the one downstairs. I think it's colored lights. I grew up always having the colored lights. Yeah. And then... I think similar to the texture, we did a tree one year all white, and I was like, it really looks classy, and it kind of jumps. And so then my buddy who owns a, a, a flower, he owns Houston Flowery, and so he does all the trees. And he's like, do you want colored lights or white lights? And he always tries to convince me to do the colored light, and i like, I just like the classiness so of the white lights. you don't do your lights. own lights? Oh, yeah. I mean, we have our own lights. But he's saying, because in years past, he'd say, do you want it lit? Gotcha. Uh, when do the lights and decorations have to go down? A week after New Year's Eve. I mean, I would say, a week after New Year's. I would say I would say the first full week after New Year's. Yep. Like, if New Year's happens to be, like, on a Monday, which it is this year, it right? It is this year, yeah. You get that full week. Yeah. 
You get that full week. But by that Sunday night, I think it should, they think they should be I would, down. That's fair. I was going to say like that Monday, but Sunday's better. Yeah. Yeah. So by the so time you get a the, full week, you get the full week of New Year's. So by the time the national championship game starts on January 8th, it should be gone. It should be the done. The tree should be gone. It, it should be done on Sunday night so you don't have to worry about it on Monday so you can that's watch fair. the game. Now, do, will you guys do the outside by then and then you know maybe the inside will take a little bit slower? No, it should be or both. Or you go all at once. I think it's all at one time. If because anything, I put it all inside first. I pack it all up in the attic in the garage. So I just I want it all in the, those in the tubs and till next year. Yeah, my guess is archery will probably be there till March. <laughs> <laughs> I would like it some to people sooner, but like, the March? same way some it's people put. Like, a- I'm not gonna do it, man. Like Dana's gonna say, take the treat out and be like, I'm changing diapers, putting the kid to sleep. You're at work. I forgot. I forgot. Some people go <laughs> go way premature and put it up like before Thanksgiving. Oh, I don't believe in that. I think I think I think. Thanksgiving dinner, once Thanksgiving dinner is over, if you want everything to go up, that's cool with me. Yeah, me too. We've done it to where, one way or another, it's an activity. Like, if if Lisa was adamant about we want the the decorations up, then normally Thanksgiving night we would go to Holiday Lights at the the Space Cowboys field, and the kids love that. But if we don't do that or the weather's bad, then we could do, like, decoration. We need to go to that still. Oh, it's fantastic. We went to the NASA one, the Galaxy Lights. Yeah. That was really cool. This year, that one. this year, and I think it's on weekends only, but I told you this, that you should take Joseph because they have uh, the fake snow toboggan slide and oh, everything yeah. for the kids. They get a big kick out of it. Um, should you have lights and decorations on cars? No. I saw I saw a truck driving yesterday, full, like, full yeah, decor. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Full decor. Like, uh, full lights. Is I it a truck? It was a truck. Because the truck has the ability with the where like if your lights oh, go out yeah. in your house and stuff, you have that plug in where you can do that. Yeah, I guess I can do it on my truck now that I think about it. But like yeah, there was green and red lights not like all throughout the truck. And then I saw one leaving the office yesterday that had reindeer ears yep. on the on windows. The windows. There's yep. a couple of those at the office. Yeah. I and mean someone put the some put the Rudolph nose on the, yeah. the hood of the car. Yeah. I wouldn't do it, but I'm not gonna tell people how to Christmas. True. You know, I don't want to be a Scrooge. So they can do it. I just I personally wouldn't. Like, yeah, I mean, is it, when you say decorate the outside house, we do lights. We don't well, do. A car. Oh, but I know on that. But oh, I'm yeah. saying also, if you do you decorate the outside of the house. We did not. This is our first year in a house, though. So we did not. We have a few up, but not like, much. I think next year is going to be like our first, like, big, big Christmas. Yeah. We're like, we're going to do like the whole outside. See, we're new in a neighborhood, too. But what I found out quickly is because of Halloween and now Christmas. Yeah. It's almost like a competition in my neighborhood. Who can get the, the glow-in-the-dark lit-up inflatables and who can get higher on the trees and do these little, like, scenes. I'm like, I'm not going that far. All right, last one I got. Most overrated Christmas song. Overrated? Or just your least liked? It's probably that uh, probably that song that got canceled recently. No, uh, Baby, It's Cold Outside? It got canceled. Why? It can- it's kind of a about uh, sexual assault. It's a little sexual salty. Oh. A little sexual assault. I don't the guy's, agree. The guy's forcing a young lady to stay at his house. I don't agree. Well, yeah, I mean, I put I up think, a, here I think it's lyrics. fake cancel culture. Oh, you were ready to go. I was ready to go for this. Did a little prep. Well, uh, the, the, the lady's like, I, I really can't stay. The guy's like, baby, it's cold outside. You got to. My mother will start to worry. Beautiful, what's your hurry? This is a creepy old dude oh, trying creepy. to keep that's, a girl I mean, inside of his house. I, I ought to say was, no, 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 sir. Way. Mind if I move in closer? Yeah, Did you well, see that there was this big debate, too, about who is the queen of the Christmas song? It's Mariah. It's Mariah Carey, or it's is it the one that sings Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree? Or there, there's one other song, and that lady's like 83 years old now, and she's adamant it's her, and she's taking shots at Mariah. 
And Mariah, I think, is that that song is one of the highest, most popular songs in the history of Christmas. Every, every single year, it's like number one on Spotify. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It, it's a it's massive numbers on Spotify every. So, what do y'all think is overrated? Um, my is also "Baby It's Cold Outside," but not for that reason. I just think the <laughs> song's terrible. They get canceled. I, to me, the most classics, the, the classic song "Rudolph's a Great Song." Um, I don't mind. Ro- I think "Rocking Around the Christmas Tree" is a fun song, but the one that gets me is the "Little Drummer Boy" because oh, yeah. because my grandma used to love it and play the heck out of it, and now I hear it and I'm like, oh my god! The this only song reason is why so slow. The only reason why I love it. That's that's the one that Angela sings in the office when they do karaoke at one of the Christmas parties, and it's like the funniest thing. Oh, he does. <laughs> like they're doing, little like, drummer boy. Yeah, she starts singing like. I kind of like that then. song. Um, we're gonna do more of these tomorrow, but that's all I got today. All right, sounds good. Killer Bees broadcasting live from the decoy in Spring Branch. Looking for something to do on a Wednesday night? Well, come on out here, have some fun at the decoy. If you're looking for something to do tomorrow, maybe whenever you get off work tomorrow. It's a throwback Thursday. $2 off all tequila cocktails and shots. Uh, that sounds like a lot of fun. It's also your place to watch some college football, some NFL football. Never a cover on UFC and boxing pay-per-views either. What is our car wreck of the day? 713-780-3776. What do you want to nominate? Might be that guy playing volleyball over there. Car wreck of the day presented by CarWreckTexas.com. 713-780-3776. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Guys, we were just talking about Christmas. Before we go to the break, tell you about a great way to get your Christmas shopping done without having to brave the mall and the parking and the crowd and possibly having a lot of stuff that's out, you can go to pajamagram.com right now. You can get your significant other a great gift. It's actually a two-for-one deal. It's a gift that keeps on giving, and you don't have to do any of the legwork going to the mall and doing all the things that I mentioned. Pajamagram.com features naturally nude pajamas. The pajama set is absolutely fantastic. They It is soft to the touch like a second skin. It hugs all the her curves. She's going to love to wear it because it's so comfortable, and you're going to be a hero for getting it for her. And right now they're doing a two-for-one deal, which means if you get the pajamas they're going to throw in the 75 dollars matching nightgown the new nightgown as well that means two gifts for the price of one she's going to love them she's going to know that you cared you got romantic in the way you thought about it which means she thinks you're thoughtful and it'll be a gift that gives throughout the the holiday season and all year long because she wears it for you you love it on her she loves the way it feels and you bought it for her and you're a hero throughout your relationship check it out today go to pajamagram.com right now and go and look into the naturally nude pajamas They'll throw in the naturally nude nightgown. You'll be the natural natural hero in your relationship this Christmas season. ESPN 97.5.com. Iocane powder. There's a shortage of perfect breasts in this world. It would be a pity to damage yours. Oh, Wesley, darling. <laughs> you all right? My leg is broken. The bone's oh, coming through. Let me see. This is the Car Wreck of the Day brought to you by CarWreckTexas.com. Killer Bees broadcasting live from the decoy in Spring Branch. Never a cover for USC boxing pay-per-views, huge TVs too, indoor 24-foot TV wall, beautiful outdoor patio with sand volleyball courts, 185-inch big screen out here. Great spot for your corporate events, your happy hours, your networking events. It's open on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Uh, They'll be open too for a New Year's Eve party. It's going to be 
awesome. You want to be out here for that. Daily happy hours on weekdays until 7 p.m. I'm really liking this Western Wednesday, as you know. All right, Car Wreck of the Day, presented by CarWreckTexas.com. What are we nominating for our Car Wreck of the Day? 713-780-ESPN. Uh, if you felt like the commercial break was a little bit longer than usual, it's because somebody tripped on the power cord that was supplying our Comrex machine. Yep. So that, that that's nominated. Bartender is nominated. Our discussion our during that delay, uh, ESPN ran the George Pickens video of the fact that he didn't look like he was very interested in blocking for the run plays for the Steelers, and Jeremy has had, had the quote about him saying that he didn't want to get tank delled or something to that degree. That's not a good look. That's not owning it. That's not someone that you're going to try and get big money and be a big-time receiver. I would say that gets nominated. I think he was smart. He shouldn't be blocking. He's a receiver that should be catching football passes. should be in the run box. Place. Obviously not where uh, on goal line stands, but you got to block on running plays. That one, the, his play was egregious. Like He said he didn't want the Tank Dell situation, but he was on the outside. Like It wasn't even in the box. So I think it's a fair nomination. Um now, Tank Dell should never be in the box, though. No, agree. We both agreed on that. <laughs> no, no matter how that. much DJ wanted to fight back, there, we both agreed on that one. Now, Pickens was on the outside. He wasn't really in the box. 7308 says, Grandma Got Ran Over by a Reindeer is quite possibly the worst song. It's so annoying. We'll, we'll nominate that. I don't hate it. It's I fine. Don't, I don't hate it. It's annoying. Grandma Got Ran Over by a Reindeer. The Walking Batman home version from my better. house Christmas Eve. The Batman version? Yeah. They say Never that heard it. there's no such thing as Santa, but as for me and I, we believe Grandma, it. we believe. Grandpa, I think. Oh yeah, Grandpa, we believe. Yeah, yeah. I don't hate that. Uh, I don't hate that song. But that's nominated. The Twitchers have a couple of nominees here. Oh, I guess Alex nominated me. He did. He said, "Car wreck of the day." Joel rolling or not Joel? Joe rolling up his jeans to play volleyball. Oh, that didn't happen. <laughs> that didn't happen because he's wearing shorts. King nominates me for worshiping Casario. Half is uh, nominating Josh Beard, saying Switzerland is in Eastern Europe, and then doubling on it. Doubling down on it in the Twitch chat. But granted, he gets a medical exemption. He's still on the protocol. He is protocol. concussed. Yeah. concussed. I, I think he gets I, the exemption. I'm not great with geography. I'm not either. But I'm I, not I, but I hear what I said the other day. But I wouldn't pretend to. I wouldn't pretend to do that though. I wouldn't pretend to know where switch half of Europe Switzerland. Okay, now at. you've piqued my interest. What did you what know? Did you you, you know this. Alex brought it up to you. Uh, we were talking about the Brazil game, and I said Brazil's overseas. <laughs> Oh, I admit to my faults. It was like two weeks ago. Where did you think it was? I mean, it's just not. It's far. You gotta fly there. <laughs> that was gonna be a complex question. You gotta fly there. So I was like, it's overseas. You gotta fly. I wonder if like the, the general direction. I wonder if in Houston, if the flight to get to Brazil does cross the Gulf. I would imagine it would. I think it does. I'd imagine I that it would. It yeah. Hey, I don't think you're. You might have a case here. You get lawyer, I, Alex. Here, maybe. I, I don't know. I just. I just. I, as soon as I said it, I got crushed. But you on said the something Twitch. today. Yeah, he said he was the minority on the show. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yep. that's right. Yeah, when, I know. My bad. Yeah. Um, what else you guys nominated? I can tell you this. I just looked back to look at Joe, and I, we were talking about outside Christmas decorations. You have to put some thought and effort into laying out the lights when you put them on. Oh, it's pretty you, bad over yeah, there. Yeah, that's awful. Where you just made a big like X with a box around it in the front of your house and, and all these different odd sh- uh, colored lights, you got to have some – that that's a nomination. That's a, not a good look for a lot of lights on the front of a house. 9240 says, uh, I nominate my day as a retail pharmacist. Uh-oh. I hope that your day gets better tomorrow. Like, is that a thing, like, is right before like, the holidays? That there's, uh, a lot of, there's a shortage you, in a lot of drugs these days, I guess. I would think that there would probably be an uptick right before Christmas break on, like, like prescriptions. 
Like, because everybody wants to make yeah. sure they're healthy Xanax, on Christmas it, it, Eve. But right now, but, but also right now in in Congress, I think it's a big deal because the the big pharmacy companies, the insurance companies are lowering the price of a lot of drugs that are not really needed by people, so they don't find the interest in making them as much, huh. and so there's a shortage these days. Uh, I'm going to nominate my Facebook comments. I'm going to Facebook and Instagram post yesterday about my son. I might have to raise him as a Texans fan. Oh yeah, I saw that. And, oh, but my you gosh. did it. You put him in a hat, and he liked it. I know. And then, but the the comments from the Bears fans and my friends and family they was embarrassing. Like I uh, can see why. What wins? Oh, I think it's George Pickens. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Really? What do you want to win? You got a trip to the power. Oh, you know what? You're right. No, we got back on the. No, we air. got back in time, Pickens. and no one would have right. known if we didn't tell him. George Pickens, congratulations! Our car wreck of the day, presented by CarWreckTexas.com. Visit him at CarWreckTexas.com. All right, it's going to do it for us. Thanks to uh, Brian McDonald doing all the hard work back home. He's Joe for doing our on-site engineering. He's Joel. He's Blank. I'm Branham. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Houston. ESPN Nationals next. Thank you so much to the decoy. Goodbye, Houston. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5, the next Father God. What's your name? What's my name? Father of all creation.